Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Deborah Cobray. And let me introduce myself. My name is Deborah Cobray, and Jim and I founded The Rock Church, gosh, 32 years ago almost. And we've been in ministry for over 40 years. And we are the old people in the house. And so I asked Pastor Dan if I could start this message out by saying, shut the front door. Have we all lost our minds? I have never in my 70 years been or experienced living like we're living right now. And if you would have told me three months ago that an economy that is blooming and a society that is moving would be shut down over a virus called the coronavirus, I would have said, are you kidding? It sounds like we're in some kind of pandemic movie that I just finished watching. It's crazy. And I think that this is a time more than ever for the church to show up for the church to rise and be who's God, who God has called us to be, which is his house, his body, his temple. We are his body on the earth and God is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so tonight or today, I wanna just share with you some truths that I had to learn out of the word of God when I was a young believer and it's walked me through my life these past 43 years. And so today I wanna share with you, the title of this little message is Factor Truth. And when I was a young woman coming back to the Lord back in the 70s, I didn't know who to believe and I didn't know what to believe. And all of a sudden I know that Jesus Christ is real. I was raised in a church. I knew that Jesus Christ was the son of God. I didn't serve him. And I definitely had my share of, of rank sin in my life. There's no doubt about that. And I can't blame it away on anybody but my own stupid choices. But when I came to the Lord in the 70s, in this Jesus movement in Southern California, all of a sudden, here's the word of God. And they're telling me that I've got to learn the word of God and read the word of God because the word of God is God speaking to us. And I said, well, how do I know this is true? How do I know this Bible is true? And so because of that, there were some things that I did learn. And so let me just run through some facts for you really fast before we get into fact or truth tonight, the title of the message and what is real truth and what is real fact. Did you know that this Bible has endured and there's blood all over it because martyrs actually gave their lives and laid their lives down for the writing of this word? And this is actually the word of God speaking to us, God speaking to us. Did you know that there are 66 books in this Bible that Old Testament, New Testament form 66 books. This books, this Bible, these 66 books were written by 40 different authors and they didn't know each other. It was written over a span of 2000 years. It was written on three separate continents and in three different languages. And every single book from Genesis to Revelation has a scarlet cord through it. And it is the story of God working through humanity, his creation and his rescue and his redemption plan before the foundations of this world of Jesus Christ coming as God in the flesh, rescuing you and I from what we're going to find out. And from Genesis to Revelation, this is his story and it's our story. And it's the story of God speaking to us. And you can trust this book. It's true and it's real. 
And this is a book that you and I can live by. So having said that, as a young woman, and I was a single mom, and there was a lot going on in my life, I knew that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and I knew that the Bible was God speaking to us, but I didn't understand that it was God speaking to me in 1978 in Santa Barbara, California, and that the verses and the Word of God in this book was as real in my life then as it was when it was written thousands of years before. I thought so much of this was history. I thought so much of this pertained to other people and to the Jewish nation. And it wasn't until I began to be taught and learned through my own experience that this book and these verses and these promises are God speaking to us personally, to me personally. Right now in 2020, in this crazy time that we're living in with the coronavirus, it's God speaking to us and wanting to teach us exactly what we need to know so that we can function as faith-filled, strong, mature believers in a world that's gone crazy. So today, Fact or Truth is the title of this message. And I want to talk to you about what, let's just look at some definitions. All right, so fact. What is a fact? Well, let me read to you. So I have to put my glasses on because, you know, I'm 70 now and I can't see that well, but oh, that's all right. Fact, here it is. The best definition of fact is a known or something that is known or proved to be true. Let me read you the best definition that I found online. It says, a fact is information that is observed to be true. A fact is something, news, information, a talk, a seminar, etc., that is telling the truth and objective. This could be referenced by the people listening to it. So a fact is something that you know to be true. For instance, fact, we are, I'm living in California, our governor has just put us into a new mode of living where, we're supposed to, where we have to stay in our homes to be safe and not infect other people. That is a fact. Fact, the coronavirus is now global and it's been issued and declared a global pandemic. That's a fact. We know these things to be true. But I found out that fact and truth are two separate things. Now let me explain what I'm saying. There's a lot of things that people say and people know. For instance, it's a fact that there's a law of gravity. Our physical laws, what goes up must come down. But there's a greater law called the law of lift and you've seen it and you've been on airplanes that when you fly in the aerodynamic laws of physics, you are able to get into a multi-ton aircraft. And even though we know that the law of gravity says what goes up must come down, the law of lift is able to take that massive plane and cause us to fly into the skies and do what was never been done. So there is a higher law. There was a different law that wasn't discovered up until 200 years ago, maybe less than that. So not everything that we say is fact is necessarily true. So let's go to the next thing. Okay, so if fact is something that we know or we're told to be true, then I guess the million dollar question is what's truth? Did you know that Pilate asked Jesus that at his trial? When Jesus was being tried for blasphemy and the Jews had brought him before Pilate and Roman law, Pilate looked at Jesus after Jesus had told him 
who he was, that he was a king and for this cause he's come into the world. And this is what he said in John chapter 18. Let me read it to you. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered and said, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and he said, I find no fault in him at all. So even in the Roman culture, Pilate, who was responsible to make a decision about Jesus, looked at Jesus and said, what is truth? And today in my world and in my culture, truth is subjective. Well, truth is whatever you think it's supposed to be. Well, truth is whatever you seem to think it is. Well, truth is what you say and truth is what we say. And what is truth? Well, Jesus defined truth and Jesus defined truth very simply. He said in John 18, I've come to bear witness of the truth. But he said in John 17, 17, he said, sanctify them in your truth. When he's praying his last prayer to God before the cross, and he's praying for us in the church, he says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Well, if that's true, then what God says and his word to me, written in this book, 66 books, 2,000 years of authorship, 40 different authors, three continents, three languages, all saying the same thing and the thread runs through that is truth, the same story, then what God says, his word is truth. That means that no matter what I hear and what the seeming facts are in front of me, I have got to go to the creator of truth, the one who is only true and no, and no one else, and that's God and his word. So how would I define truth to you? Truth is what God says in his word. Now, I want to give you some examples, and we're going to look at this. So how does that translate into my life in a crazy time like this when there are so many voices and there are so many choices that you can make and these voices that we're all hearing on the news, and they're, they're good people. I don't, I don't believe for a moment that the CDC or that the doctors that we're listening to or even our politicians are trying to destroy us. I believe that they have our best interests at heart and they are speaking what they know to be facts. But the difference is God has a truth and that truth, when it's different than the facts, who am I going to listen to and who am I going to believe and how am I going to live my life? I'm either going to live it on the facts of the natural world or I'm going to live it on what God says is truth. And beloved, we cannot take as believers, as Christians, as born again Christians who've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God, we cannot bring God's truth and God's word down to our level of living. We have got to take our level of living, our facts, and we've got to bring it up to God's word because what God says is what is truth, not the fact. And I'm gonna prove it to you. And I'm gonna start with the most amazing truth of all. All right, you ready? Three things, 
Just three little things in the next few moments that you and I can do to learn how to live our lives on God's truth and not the natural facts of our world. All right, ready? Okay, how about this one? Three things. First one, biggest one, is I've got to learn to believe and receive what God says, regardless of the facts. Case in point, the greatest truth that was ever given to mankind that absolutely overruled every fact that life has ever seen was the cross, the death of Jesus Christ, and his resurrection. He told his disciples, I'm going to a cross and I'm going to die. And I'm going to raise again on the third day. And they listened, but they didn't understand and they didn't believe. So let's just look at this for a minute. We're looking at what is truth, what God says, and what is fact, what the natural world and our world as we know it gives us. When Jesus went to that cross, he died. He gave up his spirit. He released his spirit to God and he died. And when they took him off that cross, they took a dead human body off that cross. He was a man, he was all God, but he was also all man. They took a human being off that cross, they wrapped him and they put him in a borrowed grave, Joseph of Arimathea's grave, and they put him there and they rolled a stone and they laid him in that tomb and he was dead. And they went and they hid and they were broken hearted because the Messiah, their master, their God, their king, they saw him as God. Everything that he had said about himself, everything they'd witnessed, every miracle, every sign, every wonder, everything that had happened now was suddenly gone because the fact was he's dead and he's in the grave and he's in a tomb. Fact. However, there was a greater truth going on that they didn't understand. They didn't know that Jesus went down to the regions of hell, that his body stayed here, but his spirit went down to hell, that he took the keys of death and hell, that he preached to the captives in prison, that he led captivity captive, that he ascended on high, and that he had to put his blood on the mercy seat of heaven itself so that he could be the sacrifice that would pay for the sins of humanity because he was the legal last Adam on that cross. He was sinless. Death couldn't hold him. Him. The grave couldn't keep him because he never sinned. He was the innocent lamb of God and that death itself could not hold him in that grave and God raised him from the dead. Now that supersedes every fact that humanity knows and every law, the law of sin and death says you sin, you die. But there was a law of the spirit of life that was far higher than the law of sin and death. And the law of sin in life said, the law of the spirit of life said, I will send myself. I will pay the price for man's sin. I'll be the legal last Adam on that cross. I will stand in place of all humanity as Adam stood in the place of all humanity and sinned and through this entire creation into chaos, which is what we're experiencing today. Jesus Christ is God and as man said, I come as the last Adam. I go to that cross. I qualify because I've been tested, tempted, and tried in everything humanity will ever face. And I've walked through the human experience without sin. Therefore, I'm qualified to carry that sin on my body on that tree. 
and he died to sin, but he came alive to righteousness. And it says in Acts, and I love what Peter said. It's such an exciting verse. Acts chapter two. And let me read, it's quoting out of the Psalms and it says, him being delivered, speaking of Jesus, by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. This plan of redemption was made before this world was ever formed. God's got this. His truth so overrules natural facts. Having, having been delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and crucified and put to death. Now, Peter is preaching and the Jewish people are listening. He says, you've taken him and you've crucified him because they just seen and witnessed the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to think about. So Peter is using this opportunity and he's sharing the first time the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, you crucified him whom God raised up. God didn't leave him dead. He raised him up having loosed the pains of death because because it was not possible that he should be held by it. De Death could not hold on to Jesus in hell. Death could not keep him a prisoner. Every human being that had ever died went to the regions of the damned. Either you were in Abraham's bosom and you were righteous or you were in a fiery pit waiting for judgment. No one came back from the dead. No one could raise themselves. People have come back from the dead, but they've died again. But no one has died and been raised to life forever. That's never happened. And Peter is trying to teach them and saying, death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him. There was no legal way death and hell could hang on to Jesus Christ. He took those keys of death and hell and he raised from the dead and he is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. That is the greatest truth that the universe has ever been told. It's the greatest story we've ever been told. So the first truth over fact is yes, he was dead, fact, but truth, there's a higher power, there's a higher law, there's a greater thing going on. Yes, the law of sin and death has killed mankind, but now there's one that took our place. And now the law of the spirit of life has freed us from the law of sin and death. We're not gonna die anymore. Oh yeah, I'm gonna separate from this body. That's called separation. The Bible says I'm going to sleep. I'm gonna separate from this earth suit, but I'm alive and I am now experiencing eternal life even right now in this flesh. So I'm talking about fact versus truth. The first truth, the first thing I've got to understand as a believer is that fact is one thing, but God's truth is something else. God is not a man that he should lie. God is incapable of telling a lie. Why? Think about it. Have you ever thought about why God can't lie? Everything he says comes to pass. It's impossible. He's God. So truth, what God says, fact, what the natural world sees. Jesus, first truth, raised from the dead and he's seated at the right hand. And all the promises of God are yes and amen because he has victory and he has overcome death and hell and he has given the Holy Spirit to the church and now we are his body on the earth. That means that right now, the greatest truth in my life is that I'm alive, my God's alive, he's in me and the truth is 
what was impossible with man is now possible with God. That's the first truth. So what do I have to do? Number one, if I'm going to live in this truth and not in the facts of the world, I got to believe. I got to believe this and do it, receive it. You know, that's one thing to say that, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I believe that. But are you putting your life on it? Are you putting your life on what you believe? Because you can't believe something and not live for it. It's impossible. It's either all or nothing. This is either true or it's not true. And if it's true, then everything in me, for every year that I get to live on this planet, for every ounce of breath that's in me, and every life that he's given me, I live now for the one that loved me and gave himself for me because I serve a living savior. Truth over fact. Believe, what do I have to do? I gotta believe it. it means I got. I got to receive it. I got to say, yeah, and now I'm going to live my life on this. Number one, number two, truth or fact. Okay, so fact is what the natural world tells us, what's in front of us. Truth is what God says. How about this one? Let's go to another one. Number two, how about the story of Israel coming out of Egypt? When Moses brought Israel out of Egypt, you'll find the story in Exodus chapter 14. When Moses brought Israel out of Egypt, he led them in a very specific way and he led them up to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army decides, hey, why are we letting them go? You know the story, they come chasing them and they are now trapped in front of the Red Sea. Fact, Israel, slaves are in the middle of the wilderness by the Red Sea and behind them is Pharaoh's chariots and army. Fact, absolute fact. God said, hey, Guess what? You got a problem behind you, but your God is with you and is going before you. And he said in Exodus chapter 14, after they've complained to Moses, they say in Exodus 14, it says, stand still and see the salvation of your God. So what does that mean? It means that there was nothing Israel could do the army was behind them. The Red Sea is in front of them. The fact is they're going to die. The fact is they're slaves. The fact is they're scared. But God tells Moses, tell them to stand still and see the salvation of your God. So number two, what have I got to do to see God's truth come in my life and overrule facts? First, I got to believe and receive it, live for it. And number two, I've got to obey it. I've got to begin to understand I'm not in control that there are things in my life that are gonna happen, that no matter what I do, I'm not gonna be able to fix this. And God says, rest in faith, obey my word, stand still and see the salvation of your God. Because all that night as Israel was kept by God, God blew the wind and caused the Red Sea to part, caused the walls to congeal and become walls of water. And Israel walked through that Red Sea on dry ground, not wet ground, but dry ground. Fact, they're cornered. Fact, they could be slaughtered, but there was a greater truth going on that they didn't know about. That was stand still, rest in faith. Believe God now, rest in your faith. Hebrews chapter four has such a beautiful verse in verses nine and 10. It says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Let me read it again. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, having ceased from his own work as God did from his. 
talking about the Sabbath, but talking about this rest of faith, when you've done all you can do, when you've believed God, when you've done your due diligence, when you are there and the army's behind you and the sea's in front of you, God says, stand still, rest. There's nothing more you can do. Your job's done, you rest, you believe me and just go about your business and watch and see the salvation that's coming for you. And God parted that Red Sea. So number one, I gotta believe this. My job is to believe what God's done. He can't believe for me. My job number two is when I'm up against a wall, when impossible situations are happening, our finances, I mean, our world is just shut down. We could have economic calamity coming at us full speed ahead, but God says, stand still, rest, trust me. You've done all you can do. Now watch and see my salvation. You go about your business, believe me, obey what I've told you to do and rest and see the salvation of God. So church, no matter what comes down the pike, God's taking care of us. God will see to it that we have our needs met. He will see to it that our health is fine, our families are okay. He's got this, but it's our job to just rest, take a break, be human, love and laugh and live and enjoy yourselves and believe God. Worry is fruitless, it's gonna get you nowhere. It's gonna ruin your day. So why should you ruin a perfectly good day that God's given you? Maybe, just maybe, this is a forced family vacation. He's seen all the stress on the freeways and he says, hey, kids, I'm gonna make you stay home for a while with your families. What a thought. So number one, believe. What he's done, he's done. He's alive from the dead. Number two, rest in faith. He is doing this. You can't, you're not in control, but he is. The last one, just quickly, the very last one. Three things, believe, rest in faith, and number three, I gotta say what God says. My mouth is important. My words have life and death in them. You know, we're listening to all these voices right now, and they're telling us calamity, they're telling us plague, they're telling us death, they're telling us destruction, and we are watching their words come to life in our world. Their facts may be what they believe, but I've got a higher truth that says my God is able to supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. My God's the healer. Himself took my infirmities and carried away my diseases. My God is Jehovah Rapha. He knows this body and he knows how to heal it. So just a quick little story in the book of 2 Kings about a woman who had a child that she didn't ask for, that she wanted. Elisha was the prophet. He knew she wanted a child. She didn't ask, but she, she was rich. She gave him a, a guest room in her house. And he said, what can I do for you? And she said, I don't need anything. I dwell among my own people. And he says, ah, God showed her, you want a son. You'll have a son. She said, don't lie to me. He said, no, you will. So she had a son within the next year. Fast forward, this child is in the, in the fields with his dad. He says, my head, my head, my head. The father takes him into the Shunammite woman, the mom, and he dies on her lap. What she asked for, she got, but now he's dead. So what does this woman do? She takes this child, she puts him in Elisha's guest room on Elisha's bed. And when she says, get me a donkey and a servant. When her husband says to her, where are you going? What's going on? How's our kid? She said, it is well. She said, it is well. 
She spoke, it is well. She didn't say our kid just died and I'm gonna go look for Elisha because God only knows he's the only one that can help us. She didn't panic, she didn't freak out, she didn't stop, she said, it is well. She went on through that story when she was asked, she said, it is well until she found Elisha, brought him back and God used Elijah to resurrect that kid. What am I saying? I'm saying what comes out of our mouths can create our world. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So what are you saying? Are we saying what we're hearing on the news? Are we saying fear, doubt, and unbelief? Are we speaking all of this panic and worry and frustration? Or are we counting this all joy, praising God, speaking what God says, saying what God's word says about our situation because life and death is in the power of our tongue. And beloved, what you say out of your mouth, you're gonna reap in your life. Everything has ears. Joshua spoke to the walls of Jericho and they came down. Jesus spoke to the storm and it stopped. Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it dried up. Everything has ears. God says the rocks will cry out if you don't praise me. Everything is listening, everything. So what is God saying? Speak to your body. Speak health to it, speak healing to it, speak strength to it, speak to your finances and say, Father, thank you that you will supply all of our riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's the God that speaks those things that are not as if they were because his truth is so much richer and higher and more powerful and greater than the natural facts of our world. So what am I saying tonight? Ah, I'm so out of time. What am I saying? Number one, fact is not God's truth. God's truth has got to overrule what the natural facts say. That's how we live. So how do we do that? I gotta believe it, I gotta live for it. It's real, it's true. It either all true or none of it's true. And if it's all true, then let me dive in with both feet. Number two, I'm gonna to have to learn to rest in faith, which is obey his word, do my part, do what God's told me to do. My part, he won't do for me and I can't do his part. So the only thing he asks us to do is be obedient, to believe and receive, number one, to obey his word, number two. And the third thing, let's decree and declare, not what the world is saying, not what our natural circumstances are saying, because they're all saying a lot. Let's get into the word and let's begin to declare those things that be not as if they were. Let's take God's promises, his verses, his word, and let's cover our homes, our friends, our neighborhoods, our, our churches, our nation, our world in what God says about them. Because that's the truth. God's word is truth. It's forever settled in heaven. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.